Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a special guest, Catrice Jackson. She is an author, speaker, and coach. She has written two books so far, is in the process of writing her third book, and she's going to share today about her journey as to how she learned from her story and evolved into doing all the wonderful and amazing things that she does to help many people around the world live out their dreams fearlessly. Hi, Catrice. Welcome to the show. Hello, Angela. Thank you for having me on today. It's my pleasure. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your history, where you kind of came from, what set you up to um, be in the place of what you're doing now? Sure. I'd love to share a piece of my story. Well, I am uh, a mother, I am a wife, and I grew up in a single-parent home with my mother, who was absolutely amazing in every way. And so, you know, when we were young, we thought that we didn't have the things that we needed. And um, my mom actually was disabled at a very young age, and so uh, she spent many of her early years being in the home with us where, you know, most times moms may be out working. Well, my mom had a a uh, accident at work and she became disabled. And so, mm-hmm. you know, our income sources were, were not like everybody else's, so to speak, that, that I knew. And so we were raised on public assistance. And, you know, even though there were moments when we thought that we were poor, mm-hmm. you know, we were very rich in a lot of different ways. And so I just really have to say, you know, give shouts out to my mom for doing the best that she could with what she had. And so I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I believe that that really helped me become the woman that I am today. Absolutely. Uh, I can imagine. And let me ask you, as, you know, being a young child and having your mom disabled and, you know, not seeing her in the same frame of mind that she had been as far as being able to be out and work and do the things that she used to do, how did that affect you as far as um, your feelings and thoughts about how she could be successful or what role she played for you as being your mother? Well, you know what? My mom showed me a lot of things. She showed me what it meant to be an independent woman, especially since, you know, there was no man in the house until I was about 14 years old. So I was able to see and experience the strength of a woman struggling to make ends meet by any means necessary to take care of her children. And mm-hmm. so that has stuck with me as a as a parent of my own son that mm-hmm. i learned how to be resilient and resourceful and mm-hmm. to never give up and really just kind of always find a way to get it done and so i learned that from her mm-hmm. i also learned from her since she was you know basically a, a homemaker the importance of creating a space where you felt comfortable and welcome and loved and the importance of a parent creating that space for their children. And Mm -hmm. so having her there actually was a plus because I didn't have, you know, I wasn't a latchkey kid, and I knew when I came home she would be there. And You know, some might look at her situation as a tragedy, but it truly was a blessing. Mm -hmm. I love that, Catrice. You know how I am. I really always encourage people to find the positive out of what seems like the negative or, or sometimes seems like the hopeless. And so I very much appreciate you sharing that part of your story because, of course, as you said, that does impact the woman that you have become. Following your childhood and some of the things that you had to overcome or struggle with and and definitely some of the awesome things that you learned from your mom, 
what was it within you that really inspired and encouraged you early on to become um, more successful as far as going to college and pursuing your first career, those types of things? Well, you know what? I'm a firm believer in that whole thing, you know, regarding nature versus nurture. And I believe that we evolve into who we are as a result of both of those. And so having come from that type of home where you had to be strong and resourceful and independent, you know, I think I combined that with just some natural genetics where I was a, a, a thriver. Uh, there was something within my DNA that told me and instructed me that I needed to do more, that I could do more, that I could be more, and mm -hmm. that I think naturally I really believe that some people are just kind of born with a, a temperament or a a certain amount of drive, and I don't think that, you know, those things can't be enhanced, but if you come into the world with, you know, an even temperament or a, a, a pleasing, charismatic personality mm -hmm. and ambition, you know, that sets you up for greater success. And mm -hmm. so I think that between nature and nurture, those two things combined really always propelled me forward. I never remember moments where I felt like I couldn't or I can't or I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just always feeling like, yeah, there's some struggles, but I can do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. And I'm sure that's part of why you're so good at inspiring other people to do what they do and to step out and take a chance. But I do want to touch on some of the discouragement because, you know, we both know that there's times that things aren't going exactly the way that we hoped for or there's struggles or little bumps in the road, if you will, that we have to get through to continue on the road that we're on to success. What do you do personally to deal with those things that may create an obstacle or a barrier or just even discourage you at times? Well, first and foremost, I was raised in a very spiritual home. Uh, a very spiritual legacy comes with my family. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother who passed away last year, and I dedicated my second book to her. I went on conventions to church. I can remember sitting next to her and falling asleep at church, revivals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, wherever Grandma went and she was praising God, I was there with her. And so I learned very young that there was a power greater than myself and mm -hmm. that if I could tap into that and call on God for guidance and support, that it, ultimately, everything would be okay. So I believe that's my first go-to source, mm -hmm. uh, prayer and meditation and uh, church and all those different things. The other thing is that I really tap into the knowing, and it took a while to get to the knowing, mm -hmm. but the knowing of self, the power of self, and that we have the power to create or destroy our lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely and, true. And, and so when I had moments early on in my business where I was financially struggling, I learned very quickly how to believe I am the money. Mm -hmm. I can create the money. So what can I do today to bring money into my household, to, mm -hmm. to support my family? You know, journaling, uh, meditation, um, spending time with people who love, care, and support me. Those are some of the things that I do to keep my cup full. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that, and I think that's important for people to remember because, as you know, we need those people and things in our lives that can fill us up, especially when things can seem like they're not going anywhere or not going fast enough for us. Absolutely. 
Are there things that you suggest specifically to others who need encouragement or inspiration sometimes as far as books or music or different things like that? You know what? What I had to experience some things in the last three years, Angela, where I have always been what you might call a social butterfly. I never was lacking in the friends department for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had had lots of friends around to support and rally rally me up and all those great things. But when I stepped out on faith three years ago to start this business and walk away from everything that was comfortable to something that was unknown, I soon realized that there were some of my friends who really just didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, sometimes when you start moving in the direction that your your soul is calling you to move in, people you, you think that love and care about you may fall off. And mm-hmm. we have to just be courageous to know that it's okay because those who are really, really for us will stay with us on the journey. I encourage people to really examine their circle of influence and really start looking at who's in my circle and who's really, really here for me. Mm-hmm. Because you don't need dead weight in your life. You mm-hmm. need to exfoliate those folks so that you can get your wings and fly. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I suggest is, you know, get rid of the dead weight in your life, mm-hmm. especially those people who are pulling you down. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I've had to go through that at different points in my life and for various reasons, but I think it does often boil down to when we begin to change and see things differently, some of the people around us just can't get into the groove of those changes or the newness within us or the excitement we have to pursue and follow our life purpose. So I can understand that that has to happen, although it may be painful at times because it's hard to sometimes let go of the familiar and what's comfortable to us. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Setting boundaries and keeping those boundaries is critical to finding your success and to living out your purpose. That is one thing that I've learned on my own journey is that, you know, I am much like you. I love to help people and I'm a social butterfly and I, you know, often will do anything for anyone. But knowing that I have a specific purpose and a mission and vision, I also have to set boundaries and stay true to what that goal is for my own well-being and my business. Yes, absolutely. And we can, if we choose, we really do have the power to teach people how to love us and teach people how to respect us. Mm -hmm. Because people treat us the way we allow them to treat us. And so if you don't like the way that people are treating you, for those of you listening in, it really is in your control to reteach people how to love and respect you. And those who really do will learn the lesson, and those who don't, they just might fall off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do want to mention, because you had brought up so eloquently learning from how to deal with people and things like that, you were in the past a counselor, is that correct? Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that had to have helped shape some of how you deal with conflict and different relationships and things like that. Can you share with the listeners some of that part of your life, that journey, and how that helped to evolve into what you're doing now? You know what? I, I Again, when I talk about us being born with certain skills and gifts, I really believe that counselor is a God-given gift, and I can recall being a counselor without getting paid for it at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I remember in my teenage years 
many of my friends would come to me to seek out advice, and I used to think, geez, I don't know, I'm just 16, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, somehow I knew the answers, and I, I knew how to comfort and console and, 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 and empower people. So I knew at the age of 18 that I wanted to be a psychiatrist until I really understood the difference between psychologist and psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So nevertheless, went on to become a licensed mental health practitioner and worked 13 years with families in crisis, children at risk, women in domestic violence, and lots of other uh, groups of people. But one of the most amazing things that I learned from that counseling experience is two things. One, that no matter who you are and what you're going through, you're human and you should be treated as such. And mm-hmm. so I had the opportunity to see people at their lowest, at their worst, Mm -hmm. um, to engage with people who society might call, you know, the the nobodies Mm -hmm. and, and really see into the human spirit. So I'm so grateful for that. But the other thing that I really gained from that experience is how not to parent. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because when I worked with at risk youth, when I sat those kids down in my counseling chair, every single time when they talked about a problem that they were having in their life, it went back to either what a parent was doing or not doing for them. Mm. And so I learned all those lessons as I was parenting my son because by the time I started counseling, he was about eight. Mm -hmm. And those came in so handy um, in in raising him to be a a man of integrity. So I'm just so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that would be an awesome learning experience and just opens your mind to so many things that we don't see and if we're just stuck in within our own box or our own little world if you will that's incredible I love that yes you know it's funny because I have uh, people still who say you know what I don't understand why those women stay in domestic violence and I say you need to get educated because mm-hmm. I, I too once said that until I had the opportunity to work at two domestic violence shelters Mm-hmm. And it's just ignorance. People just don't know. But once you know, it's crystal clear. And you, you'll never say those words again. <laughs> That's right. And I thank you for sharing that because, as you know, we've had uh, different organizations and people themselves who have suffered domestic violence on the show. And so I'm, I'm a big proponent of education and awareness so that people do try and understand where someone else is coming from and how they can possibly help with that situation in particular So after you were a counselor, you decided to be brave and courageous and go out on your own and start your business. And what was it that made you feel like this particular business, doing what you're doing, uh, writing, speaking, and coaching, was there something in that specifically that you really wanted to provide as your message and your mission, if you will, through your business? Well, you know, I think I've always known, again, going back to being a young counselor as a teenager, that my gift was inspiring, empowering people with with my voice. And um, I really think that my voice is my gift, and I say that because I write, Mm -hmm. I speak, I sing. A lot of people don't know I sing, but I do. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, I do spoken word, and I speak and I coach. And so everything that I do well comes from spoken word. Mm -hmm. 
or written word. And so I knew that it was just a natural fit. It just made sense to use what came natural to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when people are seeking their purpose, that's one thing to look for is what comes natural to you. Mm -hmm. What do people tell you that you do well? and, And what is it that makes your heart sing? And so all of those things really make me feel alive inside. So I knew that I would have a speaking and consulting business. Mm-hmm. With my first love being uh, motivational speaking, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I come alive in any other place that's on the platform, whether there's 10 people in the room or 1,000, mm-hmm. I, I just love the opportunity to drop wisdom and inspiration into the lives of other people. So when I stepped out to start my business, there was no... There was no questioning what I would do. It was a matter of how I would do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you shared that because I think that we all have a particular purpose. And when we do find that, it's like you said, it becomes so easy to do that one thing that we're gifted and called to do. And it really is not work. It's just something we get up and we're excited about and we find the ways to navigate around it to make it happen. Yes, yes. Uh, I call it doing work you love. When you do work you love, it's not work at all. And so I I don't feel any uh, pressure or stress or drainage or anything like that when I am speaking or coaching. It's it's absolutely a a pleasure and a thrill. And and I know that my cup is being filled while I'm pouring into the lives of others. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the top things that you really want others to get from the things that you share, whether it's something in your book or something you say when you speak or you coach? Well, you know what? I've been asked many times what a couple of my favorite quotes are. And one of my favorite quotes is one of my own original quotes, and it is, destiny is a choice despite Mm -hmm. your circumstances. Mm. And so there's no excuses for not living the life that you want to live. If you, you know, you have a choice, you can choose to propel into your destiny or you can wallow in your circumstances. And I can say that because I've been there and I've done that. Mm-hmm. I came from a poor, loving, uh, financially strapped family with a single mother who was disabled and a father that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I refuse to allow those circumstances to to determine my destiny. So Mm -hmm. I don't just say that to be tossing it around. I say it because I've been there and I've done that. The the other quote I love is, to thine own self be true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I refuse and refuse very early to be a puppet for anybody and to allow other people to control my life. And so... I think those are two of the themes that um, really ring true in Patriceology's messages is you can do anything you choose if you choose to do it. And mm-hmm. if you don't allow your past to predict your future as well as showing up and showing out as your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree with all that you've said. Of course, you know that because that's why we have such a great connection because I see, you know, so many of the things that I say or that I think and feel about trying to encourage and inspire other people are the same things that the path that you're on. And so I really love to see all of your messages on Facebook and the things that you've written here and there, uh, because I know that it is, those are the things that people need to hear when they feel like I'm just not good enough. I just can't do it. There's just this or that that's preventing me. And we need to 
I think, break down those barriers for people because those are mind barriers. They're not really true obstacles, like, a, you know, something standing right in front of us stopping us, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It, it's, a, it's an illusion. And exactly. if we can be... If we can be fearless enough to get out of our, you know, our head and into our hearts, then we can quiet that inner critic who's constantly and who's forever going to tell us that we can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're right. So you started to write early on and you came up with two books so far. One is Soul Eruption and one is Delicious. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about each? Absolutely. In uh, late 2007, I had a, a medical situation that really caused me to look at my life. I went in for a routine checkup knowing that I had not been compliant with doctor's orders and had not been taking my iron pills. So after that appointment, I vowed that I was going to go and get back on track. And after I got home from picking up my iron pills that I knew I needed to take, I checked my messages and my doctor said, Catrice, you need to get back here right now. I'm admitting you to the hospital. So I ended up going back into the hospital and long story short, I had a spiritual dilemma. I was faced with the choice of taking a blood transfusion or risking having some complications. The hemoglobin in my blood was a 5.5 mm-hmm. and the range for women is 12 to 16, so the doctor said, Catrice, you're really walking dead. I don't even know how you're alive. Mm, wow. Now, I, I told you a little bit about my grandmother, who was very spiritual, and she always spoke to us about, you just don't take other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't get body parts, and you don't get blood. And I, I mean, so as I'm laying there waiting to get this blood, I'm listening to her voice in my ear tell me not to do this, but I'm... I'm listening to my heart and, and my heart saying, you have a son, you have a, you have a life, you have a husband, you need to live. Right, right. <laughs> so long story short, I took the blood and in that moment I vowed and, and said to God, I'm going to do your will. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to step out on faith. And that's what caused me to walk away from a good paying full-time job without a perfect plan mm-hmm. to start my business. Mm-hmm. And that experience for me, Angela, was what I called a soul eruption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That aha moment when your soul just boils up with mm-hmm. all the right answers. And so that is the premise of my first book. Mm. Uh, I soul love eruption. that. That's awesome, and I think that's important for people to recognize that they too, I think we can have more than one soul eruption, but there's usually a huge soul eruption, if you will, that creates such a significant impact and change in our lives if we're aware of it. And so I love that you were able to see that and then took that step to share it with so many people who need to hear what it was like to go through that and to, again, be encouraged and inspired to be brave and courageous and to do something about those thoughts and feelings that come to us. Yes, yes. And like you said, we, we have big ones, we have small ones. And some of us are a little more hard-headed, like myself, and I needed that extra push and that big whack over the head to say, mm-hmm. hey, lady, wake up. Mm-hmm. I, I got a, a mission and a purpose for you, and, and I've been speaking to you, but... You haven't been listening, so I guess I'll get your attention this way. <laughs> right, right. I understand those kind of attention getters. <laughs> so what is Delicious about? You know, Delicious is really the, the second book, and I the first book is really designed to help people get on the path of finding their purpose 
their soul calling and really discovering who they are. And so it was a natural fit to write Delicious for that woman who, for the most part, knows who she is and knows what she wants, but has not been brave or bold enough to step out and just create the most fabulous, delicious life that she can imagine. So it's a book for women that really encourages them to step into their authentic self and not be afraid to just be who they are, do what they want, you know, create their life, and to do it all very deliciously. I mean, who doesn't want a life that's, you know, juicy and tasty and satisfying, Mm -hmm. one that when you wake up in the morning, you just can't wait to have some of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, So that's what Delicious is all about, really helping women create their own unique recipe for the life that they love on their own terms. Mm -hmm. And I love how you present that because I think that a lot of the things that you share, your quotes and just different thoughts that you have that you share on Facebook and things like that are just all about, you know, that empowering sense of we can have the feel-good stuff. We can have the feel-good life. It's available to all of us. But I do want you to share with the listeners what is the main thing that you think or that you've learned along your journey in observing and counseling people and coaching people holds people back when they know that there's just this wonderful life or the situation or something that they want that they they just desire so much but they don't take that step, the first step to go for it or they start to do something about it and then get discouraged and throw that dream to the side, if you will. You know what? Without a shadow of a doubt, I know exactly what the number one thing is, and it's fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fear of the unknown, fear of being alone, fear of people talking about you, fear of people not accepting you, and the list goes on and on and mm-hmm. on. You know, if we could wipe away the potential of fear from people, the world would be such a greater place. People would be excelling and happy and joyful and working, you know, in careers they love instead of jobs that they hate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they wouldn't be settling for unhealthy relationships. They'd be with people who love and respect them. I mean, it would be a huge difference. And so fear is absolutely hands down the thing that I've seen in my experience. And uh, that's why I decided about a year ago to really hone in my niche to helping women in particular live fearlessly, Angela, because when I looked back on all the work that I had done, I realized that the two things I did best was help people get clear and focused mm-hmm. and to face their fears. And I think that if you can get, if you can become courageous and then have a clear path to walk, there's absolutely nothing that you can't do. I agree with you 100%, definitely. And I think that I, too, see fear as being a barrier for many people. That prevents them from doing different things and from living the life that they deserve. But I also wonder what your thoughts are on people who just don't have that self, that sense of self-worth. Because even if the fear is there, if you don't think that you deserve the juicy, delicious, shiny, happy life that, you know, you share with many of your followers and listeners. Don't you think that that prevents you from even addressing the fear if you don't have that value in place about your own self? Well, you know, I would go back to the fact that even underneath uh, lack of self-love or low self-love is an essence of fear. Mm -hmm. And the fear could be very real in terms of something happened to that individual, such as abuse or sexual abuse or some kind of trauma. Um, Fear is very real for that person because they know what 
can happen because it has happened. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid that it could happen again. And so to keep themselves safe, they say stay in a safe place. Mm-hmm. They don't step outside the comfort zone because they're afraid of what could happen. So I'll just play it safe and I won't, you know, strive to achieve my dreams. Uh, I won't stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. I'll just take whatever I can get because I'm afraid mm-hmm. of what could happen if I speak up, mm-hmm. if I stand up, if I, you know, say, hey, I, I don't deserve this and, and I want more. Um, I, I really still believe that underneath that low self-esteem, low self-value, uh, there's fear bubbling up underneath there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, and I can... And I can say that uh, strictly from, you know, counseling women in domestic violence and sexual assault uh, situations who show up in counseling with low self-esteem and depression, but underneath there is sadness and fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. Absolutely. And I know that your next book that will be coming out soon is all about fear and overcoming that. Is that correct? Yes, I'm very excited about it. Me too. I'm sure it'll be a great read as your other two have been. And can you share with our listeners where they can uh, purchase one of your two books or both and find your website and other information about you? Certainly. If you're interested in experiencing your own soul eruption or living a delicious life, you can go to www.catriceology.com and that's C-A-T-R-I-C-E-O-L-O-G-Y. You can find both books there. And if you click on the new book tab, you'll also get a little tidbit about the new book coming up. Um, it will be a anthology with 11 super-duper delicious, <laughs> amazing women. And Angela, I thank you so much for being one of the contributing authors on the book. Uh, but this book is really a book, again, for women uh, to help them be fearless and to awaken their genius because once you get fear out of the way, watch out, world. You can do absolutely anything that you choose to do. So you can... And the fear book will not be released until late spring, but I will be opening up pre-order sales in March. Awesome. That's wonderful. Catrice, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing some nuggets of wisdom with our listeners and sharing more about you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to uh, grace the airwaves today.